0: Welcome to the Health Design Podcast. I am your host, Moya's Jiwa. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Austin Chang. Dr. Chang is passionate about empowering patients with accurate medical information online. Dr. Chang has conducted extensive research in social media and is champion of physician presence on social media and is the chief medical social media officer of Jefferson Health, and founding president of the Association of Healthcare Social Media. Welcome to the show, Dr. Chang. We're delighted to have you on the show. We'd really like to hear a little bit more about your role in promoting doctors on social media and where you think that is going to take us in in the future.
1: Well, I think that I grew up in this sort of generation where I've grown up with social media and a, a large part of me using it was purely out of just enjoying it. And from there, it actually takes me back about five years when I spent some time with one of the major um, news networks here in the U.S., ABC News. And they they were using um, social media, particularly Twitter at the time, uh, to foster a weekly conversation about a certain health topic. And in those conversations, very important public figures and organizations were participating. And that's what really opened my eyes to how important social media could be to communicate with um, a lot of thought leaders and um, and just leaders in different fields uh, within health, and so that's how I um, then started using social media productively in in various ways, talking about my own experience through training, um, live tweeting, medical conferences, developing a social media platform for my um, for my division uh, when I was at Harvard. And then from there, you know, with the wave of social media becoming bigger and bigger and having a greater role in um, our political landscape and in various social movements and, and now healthcare, not just on Twitter where it's mostly an academic forum, but also on Instagram and the influencer sort of movement there that used to be just reserved for, you know, models and fitness and fashion I'm starting to see within the past year or two that there's really a growing health influencer movement as well, but with that, a lot of potential concerns. So that was my goal is that really getting more health professionals online to talk about the things that they're trained to talk about because we need more of those accurate voices online while not falling into any sort of um, potential traps or missteps.
0: So before we get into the meat of that, there must have been an event or experience that get got you interested in this area. What's your
1: personal story here? Um, well, like I mentioned, when I was going through that news network and seeing how they were using social media productively, it really just opened my eyes to what the reach was. And as I was live tweeting conferences that I was attending early on and seeing how patients were directly engaging with me. Um, and following along the content of those conferences, it really showed me that, you know, the general public and patients are not getting their medical information from their clinic visits with us, which are very brief and fleeting, but rather through media, whether it's the news, whether it's social media increasingly. And, um, and so that's really what got me going. And then from there, I started noticing, uh, you know, a lot of other people doing the same thing and, um, and also networking with these people who were using social media productively. And we sort of formed a community and, um, and that's what really has led me to this point where we are trying to spread the wealth and, um, and share how much it's benefited our careers in various different ways, whether it's networking with fellow colleagues or, you know, growing our practices or educating our patients, that's there's just so much to it that is beneficial that we just can't help but share.
0: Really interesting because I come from the generation of physicians who got our information from the from the British Medical Journal, from JAMA, from New England Journal. Yeah. And you know, I can remember waiting for the post to arrive on a particular day, opening the magazine and learning all about medicine from that. You're telling me that increasingly people are using social media to get their information, yeah. is that right?
1: Well, I think the general public, for sure, yeah. in different ways than other than health professionals themselves are using it. I would say that you know, the general public is just going to social media for their information in many other ways and are, can sort of secondhandedly be exposed to some of the health news that's out there. But for health professionals, it's a tremendous networking tool more and more division um, chairs here in the US and I'm sure elsewhere and other thought leaders in various medical specialties are getting on social media and it's they're more accessible than they've ever been before And plus when we look at platforms like Twitter where the various journals and medical organizations are all present um, it's very easy to get those you know updates sort of at the at the time that things are happening so journals can distribute, their publications online more easily, and I don't have to wait until you know the journal shows up in my mailbox and flip through the table of contents. I can get those, um, get that information right away. And certainly, certain journals are also using visual abstracts in ways that are more engaging um, that not only help educate. You know, health professionals and the growing the younger generation of health professionals, but also patients. It makes it more um, easily understandable and digestible to them as well.
0: This is interesting because this goes against the business model of uh, the publishers, in particular, because yeah, you know, it's either the either the reader pays or the author pays, one or the other. Somebody's got to pay if social media which is largely free steps in you're basically democratizing it aren't you you're taking away that model how are people going to survive
1: well i think it's interesting i think the journals the way that journals are utilizing it is that they have content specific for their social media platforms and this content actually leads into their website and so people will click through to their website and and then sort of be led into their website to use other functions that are offered there and often these articles are not entirely publicly available, so they give a little teaser, and then you go to the website and you read the rest of it. Um, but that said, you know, I think that in some ways there are certain benefits to releasing some information and, and getting patients engaged. And there's opportunity to have content that is patient facing and more public, and still reserve some of the uh, some some con- some content for private consumption for members only, um, and still maintain, I think, that business.
0: Mm. Do you think there's a danger, though, that by doing this, the reputable journals will end up dumbing down their content? So you get the headlines, you know, 90% of people survived this cancer because of this treatment, until you read the randomized trial and you and you realize that, in fact, the select, there was a huge selection bias in how those patients were selected. But they, those who rely on social media will say, well, you know, they'll take it at face value. And increasingly, you notice people on buses and trams and trains flicking through Instagram and Facebook and yeah. whatever else, and not actually reading the piece of paper to which this material
1: relates. I think that that is a very valid concern. I think, though, that, you know, that's why it's up to health professionals to be involved in helping guide the medical journals and how they distribute this sort of content. And, um, and I think it is better that the medical journals are distributing this content than not, because if it's something that is um, very engaging and appealing to the eyes and, um, and fun to distribute, at least it's coming from the journal and not coming from somebody who is interpreting it, you know, out of, out of their own, their own frame of reference, whether or not they may or may not have medical training. So there are certainly uh, plenty of people out there who will read a journal article, um, misinterpret it themselves, and start spreading you know, false information or inaccurate information um, about that. And so it's probably better that the medical journal can, can at least um, preserve some of that integrity by doing it themselves.
0: In a a sense, I worry because if we think about the MMR autism fiasco and how that, um, you know, eventually became almost conventional wisdom in some circles, if we then add to that social media, if that had been in the social media all those years ago, the, the impact would have been even worse or even greater of misinformation.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I can see that. I mean, it's still an ongoing issue. I don't claim to be a vaccine expert. And I think that's really key for me to point out is that, you know, as a gastroenterologist, even I feel that I am not the right person to be speaking about vaccines in particular. And I should leave that to people who really are trained to talk about that themselves. And so anytime I'm talking about or raising awareness about a certain topic that's a little bit outside of my area of expertise, I will cite others who are truly expert in this field. And so this is sort of the type of etiquette that I think we need to be promoting on social media to redirect people in, um, in the right way, in the right direction. Uh, so I, I totally understand how social media is just a catalyst for information in all sorts of ways. But this is the reality of the world we live in. And I think that if we as health professionals are missing from the conversation um, in this day and age, I think it's even worse.
0: Sure. So where do you see this going? What does the future look like, given that social media will be playing, and I agree with you, will be playing a larger part in the business of spreading information?
1: I think that the medical community as I see it is not used to seeing medicine as a business, and I think that there's a certain stigma around that. I'm not saying that medicine should be treated as a business, but I think that we could learn from some business tactics in order to help benefit public health. And we're not used to marketing. We're not taught how to market. We're not taught to sort of um, story tell. And I think increasingly there's more and more of uh, an attention to you know, helping trainees develop that voice to, to tell their story, um, to put themselves out there and sort of utilize some marketing tactics. That's how I got involved in social media is, and especially on Instagram, in particular, is um, learning through experience, learning how others were doing and speaking with other people who were clearly able to um, develop a community and reach a wide audience and ask them, how do you get your word out there? How are you able to engage people so well? And I learned from from them. um, And, you know, as these social media platforms evolve, those techniques are also going to evolve. And that's part of the whole purpose of developing this new professional organization is to develop those resources and have those best practices available so no one is going to be sort of misled. And then uh, to advocate for, for what uh, the time that we're spending into putting into social media, you know, like currently the currency is still very much contributing to academic journals and, you know, things that we as health professionals will pay attention to ourselves, but not necessarily communicating our concerns and our thoughts directly to the general public or to um, our patients and um, conveying that knowledge to them directly. And so I think that this sort of meeting the patients where they are is becoming increasingly more important if we want them to have the health literacy that we um, hope they have. And so this needs to be incentivized more and more. And that's what our organization, the Association for Healthcare Social Media, is trying to get at.
0: Okay. That's very exciting because you've clearly made a, cl- a distinction between the technical side of medicine, which is complicated and which can't be told in a simple story. One randomized trial does not make a change in practice uh, because Absolutely. you've got to see that those results are replicated and you've got to understand exactly what the mechanism is of the action of whatever it is that you are you are promoting. But on the other yeah. hand, certainly how medicine is practiced, the art of doctoring, etc., that's quite a different topic, which isn't open to debate. It's a point of view, and it's a point of view which we increasingly could support strongly through social media.
1: Yeah, I don't think that it's universal that we don't have, that we lack this understanding of how to market ourselves and how to get the word out there. I think there are certain fields uh, in medicine that lend themselves or have lend themselves to doing this a little more readily, whether it's dermatology or plastic surgery. But we can really learn a thing or two in gastroenterology, I can say that for sure, you know, in helping raise awareness about the conditions that we treat and the fact that, you know, a lot of the, you know, part of my motivation as an advanced endoscopist is to show that not everything that I do is colon, colon cancer screening. As important as that is, there are other aspects to what I do that really um, much of the general public isn't aware of and I certainly wasn't aware of when I was going through training.
0: Okay, so give me an example of the kind of thing you would see being put out in social media from your perspective.
1: From my perspective as a as an advanced endoscopist that I would like to convey to my audience. Yes. Well, so my sort of niche specialty is bariatric endoscopy or weight loss um, endoscopic procedures. And um, I certainly didn't know that this field existed. And it is relatively new, probably within the fa- past five to 10 years that it really has taken off in our, in our specialty. And I feel that most patients, at least here in the US, don't know that these um, options are available to them. And people who are seeking weight loss options may feel that their options are more limited if they didn't know that some of these procedures exist or that there are specialists out there that may be able to help them out in this way.
0: Is there not concern about that, though, in the sense that you are now moving into the technical side and you're saying to the patients, right, you know, here is an option for you, a a technical option. And again, you know, the science behind bariatric surgery is not completely established because we don't know the long-term side effects of bariatric surgery, in, in, and certainly in some procedures, which are now being promoted. Where do you think this becomes, where do you think the rubber hits the road here?
1: I think there, there's a fine line between education and individualized medical advice online. I will never say that something that I say online is uh, can be adopted as medical advice for an individual. And so if anyone has specific questions that they raise for me, I always say that they need to consult somebody in person, first of all. And patients who come to me, even when they come see me, I'm fully transparent about the fact that uh, that some of these are very new procedures, that the data is still is still evolving and our understanding about these procedures is still evolving. So, you know, it's still a conversation um, that needs to be had in person.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, the, the thing about somebody with a severe, a severe problem, you know, advanced uh, obesity to the point where mm-hmm. their, their life is at risk, they really are looking for a solution, aren't they? And if they have any hint that you've got a solution that will suit them, they will jump at it. And yet you've got concerns because on the technical side, that may not be the most suitable thing for that person.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that at the very least, social media is something that is still virtual. The connections that you make, the interpersonal connections are not virtual, but in the sense that these patients, when they um, are exposed to this information, at least they can take it and go ask their practitioner or their uh, you know their surgeon or their gastroenterologist or whoever it might be um, to ask for more information then. And of course, then it's up to the, the practitioner themselves to assess whether or not this is appropriate for that individual. But at least it gives them the, the idea to, to raise that as a question, because some people may feel that they're at the end of the line when it comes to the options, and, and this may give them a little bit of uh, extra hope.
0: Okay. So what would you like to see happen sooner rather than later, given you know, your interest in, in social media and the role of medicine?
1: what i would like to see sooner happen sooner rather than later is really the incentivization of getting health professionals online and a lot of our thought leaders are you know very involved in publishing very prolifically and speaking at major conferences but they're not necessarily the faces of medicine that patients will latch onto in some ways we need more spokespeople for our for medicine in general and for every individual specialty out there. And so, of course, if that sort of activity isn't rewarded or incentivized in any way, then I feel that a lot of these folks may not feel inclined to actually contribute. So if we can get more of these thought leaders involved um, and institutions to recognize that social media is important, which I think that the needle is slowly moving in that direction, then you know we may see... Uh, Hopefully that more accurate information is being disseminated, and that patients will uh, be able to identify these thought leaders out there and um and can follow along with what they have to say
0: okay so this is trying to get doctors to talk much, to be much more active online and incentivize yeah. them to do that. But also they need the skills, don't they? They need to learn how to tell the story, to be succinct, to be the Seth Godins, if you like, of medicine, and to tell their story uh, and tell it well.
1: Right. There's a way to do it effectively and to do it engagingly without um, boring your audience. I think that the misconception often is that I can put information or a picture or something online and expect it to go viral and expect it to reach an audience. But that's really not how it works. It's very much a calculated effort. And, um, and it's social media at the end of the day is social. So it requires conversation, it requires dialogue and interaction with colleagues and other people in your own field and outside of your field um, to get the word out. And, and th- those are the s- sorts of lessons that I've learned along the way and that a lot of us are hoping to share through this organization. But at the same time, we've also fallen into, you know, uh, certain missteps along the way. We've also seen a lot of people who are misusing social media in many ways, whether it's failing to disclose their conflicts of interest, whether it is um, acting unprofessionally or uh, inadvertently revealing a patient information that could breach confidentiality. Um, there are just so many concerns out there that I think that this plays into why institutions may be averse to adopting social media more readily because they don't want their employees or, or they don't want to put their health professionals at risk. But a greater understanding in general, I think, can really break down those barriers.
0: Austin Chang, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Jefferson Health, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: The Journal of Health Design. Better health by design. Visit us at www.journalofhealthdesign.com.